How are you? Good. Your beard's looking pretty stellar, actually. Yeah, like for it. those who yeah. can't watch at home. Yeah, I uh, I don't know. Changed new job. Decided to grow beard. Yeah, you know, I, I was previously competing with those Coloradans beards. You know, those mountain men beards. It's just it's hard to compete with. So now I'm only compete with East Coast beards. Much easier. Yeah, their game's not so strong. Yeah, exactly. Josh, hopefully so, you got that cue to drop the disclaimer in early because Kevin said work <laughs> or job or something. The thoughts and opinions of Bob and Kevin of the Bob and Kevin show are exclusively the thoughts of Bob and Kevin and not the thoughts of their employers. Past, present, and probably not future. Oh, man. Spe- speaking of work, um, I've been so, without and without getting detailed, I've been so busy lately, but it's fine. Because I'm working on a SaaS product, and we've got lots of users moving lots of money. Um, it's in it's in the fintech world. It's it's uh, interesting. You don't because... have to use code, Kevin. I know you were working on the Dominion uh, voting <laughs> software that was flipping votes for everyone. Mm, nope, <laughs> not this guy. Sorry, I I was not working some. Dark web, dark, what do they call it? Deep state. No, wasn't doing any sort of deep state work. Nope, just using regular old uh, SaaS products. But, you know, what I'm doing lately has a lot to do with, you know, wherever there's money or the ability to manipulate money, bad guys right there, right there, ready to take advantage of you messing up. It's like terrorism. You know, terrorists only has to get through once, but the defenders, you got to, you know, you got to stop them every time, right? So it's, it's that sort of scenario. That does keep you busy, I imagine. Yeah, um, but the time flies. I ain't gonna lie. It, it goes from Monday to Friday in a blink of an eye, and part of me likes that, and part of me is like Groundhog Day, right? It's like, oh my gosh, <laughs> it's time to do it again. Oh my gosh, you know. This you was a very again. what day is it? <laughs> this was a very weird pandemic week because it did go fast. First, first time in a long time, I think I had a week go fast. Yeah, um, I don't, it's not really tech really, but you know, it's it's society. Our hospitals are are more full now in the area than they were at any given point. So the old red state of Indiana and rural areas, hearts and minds are starting to change. I can tell. I can actually start. I to hope tell. so. Yeah, people don't uh, think it's so much of a. Uh, <laughs> what is they always think it's a uh, the Hoax? internet. Oh, well, um, God, why can't I think of a conspiracy theory? Oh, uh, yes, but it's uh, not not 4G, 5G. Oh my gosh, that was so oh, hard. 5G towers, yeah, yeah, you know, 5G's causing this, you know. Okay, <laughs> what evidence do you got again? Oh, I found out on Facebook. You didn't <laughs> you? I'm like, no, I'm not on Facebook. That's how I not crazy. <laughs> You are listening to The Bob and Kevin Show with Bob Beatty Bar and Kevin Gisheski. Each week we cover relevant tech and social issues related to technology. Our website is bobandkevin.show and our episodes can be found virtually on any podcast network. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Just search for Bob and Kevin Show. Oh, 
that's a that's a great segue because I have a really um, important tech-related question to ask you, Kevin. Have you fleeted yet? <laughs> that sounds like the, the new way to say like I sharded myself or something. <laughs> no, I'm I glad you went fleeted. there on the joke because that's where I was thinking when I heard it too. Um, so, do you know with um, do you know what a fleet is? Well, I think so. Only. I'm going to say yes, but by the time we get to the end of this answer, you'll be like, do you really know, Kevin? Because as far as I know, a fleet is like a face or not Facebook, an Instagram or a LinkedIn story or one of these every other platforms, like disposable things that I still don't get to this day. I still ask my son, Grant, like, Grant, what, what's a, what's an Instagram story again? Oh, it's a thing. And the blah, blah, blah. And it goes away. I'm like, oh but why would I do one of those again? And, you know, I, I just have not ever understood. It's totally a younger than me thing, I think. So Twitter, you're 100% right of what it is. Twitter has adopted Instagram stories, Facebook stories, LinkedIn stories. Well, now there's Twitter stories, but Twitter's a little bit more creative than everyone else. And they called it fleets because they're fleeting thoughts. Right. So you can do a text-based one. You could do audio or video. So the only fleets that I have seen so far are the video ones. And because they're exactly at the top of the timeline, just like Instagram, and they have little circles with the user's profile picture, just like Instagram, and you just tap and right-click through them. I see what the draw might be. I was I was much like you, Kevin. I was an old man who was very against anything changing. <laughs> and uh, no, I don't hear any crackles in my mic. <laughs> <laughs> Bob, I, I, I sent you that through Slack. You weren't supposed to acknowledge it. You're terrible at this radio thing. <laughs> yeah, I know. Sorry. We have a side channel communication. So, but that's a segue to another thing, but let's finish fleets and then we'll get into the crackling. Um, yeah, we don't want this fleeting thought to be lost. Yes. So I'm starting to understand the appeal of it though, because reading a scrolling vertical timeline in Twitter is awful. Okay. It's just, right? it's the definition of doom scrolling. Facebook's the same way. For some reason, you put those horizontal stories up at the top and they're mostly comprised of photos and videos. They're far less irritating initially. Now, of <laughs> Until course, somebody figures out how to irritate people with those. <laughs> right. The more popular they get, the more irritating they will be. Um, a couple of my followers have jumped or a couple of the people that I follow on Twitter have very quickly jumped onto the fleeting platform <laughs> because <laughs> they want to be early adopters and have early success. So I know all the, all the words, so many of the words. Fleets, tw uh, tweets, parlors. Have we figured out what a parlor is yet? If we send them, I think it's it parlay, it isn't it? No, on so it's on been on like Good Morning America, like they've they've experienced exponential growth, and they call it Parlor. So maybe it is. Why do they call Frenchy. it Parlor? I don't know. Yeah, why do you why do you do half the things you do because that domain's available? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's why. Well, but I thought of it more of like a pirate thing, not a Frenchy thing. Like you know, pirates use the term Parlay, and I don't know what it means. Gosh, we really need that intern to pull it up Isn't on the it screen. Spelled right differently away and tell though. Us. Is I don't know. To, to, I don't know either. I'm not a pirate, so 
or I'm a Frenchie, a, or or someone who who would use parlay, or a conservative. Or, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but you will possibly find Bob and Kevin on that platform because we went there to go look and see what the dumpster fire is. Yeah, it's pretty serious, man. Oh, my and we Lord. quickly got the hell out of Dodge. <laughs> I haven't been back since. But full disclosure, have you noticed all the tweets I've been sending recently? Oh no, I knew you were off. That's why I was wondering. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, no, I haven't switched to Parlor or whatever we call it. I <laughs> I'm just tired of the doom scrolling because I get triggered, man. And it's not like people like I know trigger me. It's I just want to see what the shit show is over at the real Donald Trump, and I go, wow, and I go scroll, 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 wow, scroll, scroll, scroll. <laughs> what the. Oh my god! And then I just have to close it because I'm just like, "What is going on when in did this the, universe? When did the tears start coming? How how far deep do you have to be scrolling before you start to get choked up?" And I don't have to get far, and it's it it's anxiety. It's not really you know, it's not not sorrow. There's some sorrow in there, but it's more anxiety. I'm like, this man's in charge of our country right now for at least another month or two, right? Unless the coup works. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, anyway. Um, see, I'm getting triggered now just talking about it. Anyway, so I'm off off Twitter for the most part. I, I, I haven't gotten rid of it, rid of it. Like I did Facebook. I just told Facebook to stick it. I don't think Twitter's trying to screw me. Like Facebook, Like I feel like it's actively like trying to ruin my life. Where Twitter, it indirectly is trying to ruin my life so you know i've given it a little bit of a pass i yeah i i think i used to give jack way more of the benefit of the doubt but i'm pretty sure he's just an evil bastard just like mark um have you seen the picture probably not because you're not really on social anymore but like just the pictures from their most recent testifying in front of congress about the elections i, I Mark watched looks so much like a cybernetic life form oh yeah he, he's <laughs> looking really rough i i did watch uh i think one day i think it was only one day if it was multiple days i only caught one day but basically i think what we're gonna see just to speculate moving into the future is that section 230 thing are you a publisher or not a publisher are you protected or not that's gonna be a year 2021 um hot button thing more so than it was in the last year or so and you can definitely tell zuck and jack are are uh, both coached to say we are we are not a publisher we're only distributing right. other people's stuff yeah, but when you change this content and you add addendums and whatnot doesn't that make you a publisher or a moderator well, we just want to add the broader context. So they're in a we just want to squirrely publish. situation. We just want to publish the broader context. <laughs> yeah, they're definitely in a squirrely situation. I, I think I think there's some change in the future. I don't know what that change is. I don't know that's a simple repeal of that or whatnot. But I think there's going to be some changes coming in the future uh, with that sort of thing. And... I am, I don't know about you, but I've got my popcorn on order and ready for January 21st, I think, or the 20th at noon, 1201 to see uh, inaugurate whenever an inauguration day is, will Twitter yes. shut him down? I want to know. I, I feel like 
they should probably sell pay-per-view for that day, like all social media platforms and television. I think it'd be the world's largest selling pay-per-view event of all time. Because <laughs> right now, Dear Leader has the strategy of scorched earth. He is... You know, if you ever known somebody who's got foreclosed on, what do they do? Man, they trash the joint. They sell all the metal in the house. They pull all the wiring out. They just go bananas. Oh, actually, I don't know anyone who's done. I've just heard of other people who've done this. I would you not just read be, about it on Facebook. I would not be surprised if Joe Biden walks in at you know the afternoon and there's just a big pile of steam and poop in the executive bedroom or something. No way, right in the center of the Oval Office. That's what I'm guessing. Or or somebody leaves just like the nastiest toilet unflushed. You know, there's got to be all these <laughs> sorts of things just waiting. And so part of my transition team, the the Kevin, no, the president-elect Gishewski team would be like, all right, Stanley Steamer or whoever, you're all going in there first. You're, you're, you're blowing it out to the studs, <laughs> okay? <laughs> Everything is gone. Please burn everything and then uh, redo it. Maybe well, they do that now. As far as I, I mean, I don't care who the president was. Dripping with coronavirus too in there. So exactly. Please fumigate it. Please <laughs> Clorox it. Please do all the things you got to do. I yeah. If there's carpet in there, no, 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 no. It's gone. It's roll that up. <laughs> new carpet, new hardwood, whatever. But it's changing. So that right, that's need- definitely what I'm doing. I need to roll you back a couple more minutes because I had mentioned that Mark was looking like a a cybernetic life form and you said, yeah, he's looking pretty rough. I think you're thinking about Jack. Jack looks like he's the post-apocalyptic hero and Mark looks like he's data from Star Trek. Well, yeah. Uh, uh, Yes, to both of those. So yeah, Jack and Jack's like, they're both in their houses, I think, or at least Jack was. I think he was in his, you know, one of his apartments, wherever, because he, he used to live in Boulder, Could right? you really tell if Mark was in his house or not? Because his house probably looks like an office complex. <laughs> it, it probably looks like a recharging station from the Borg from Star Trek. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> so, um, yeah, Jack does look like he does... He gives no fucks at this point. <laughs> Whatever, guys. You want to shut us down? That's fine. I've made my money. I'm going to try to keep this thing going as long as possible. But whatever. And Zuckerberg's <laughs> over there going, you know what? I'm so rich that um, I I don't know. just want to be richer. And you know what? I like the power. And in fact, I think that's what motivates everyone. It's once you have so much money that money is literally not an issue anymore. What do you chase after? Power. So I think that's what your Trump, your Zuckerberg, and your your uh, your Jack are all like. That's the next level stuff. Bob and Kevin well, will Trump, probably never get there. <laughs> I think Trump skipped the money part and just went right for power. Near as I can tell. I think he. I, I was <laughs> I was going to say I don't mean any disrespect, but maybe I do. I think Trump <laughs> is basically the best con man mankind has ever ever produced ever and pt barnum i'm looking at you going <laughs> amateur you know or to, or some of these mind readers you know? <laughs> yeah i mean you got to give trump that the fact that he can he is the master manipulator he you know he, his whole thing is the art of the deal Nah, man your, your superpower is manipulation getting art of the people, steel man Getting people to believe something that's not even possibly in anywhere near true, but now you got people going, yeah, 
yeah, Flutter Frog, yeah. And I just don't, I don't get it. I mean, that's good. Good for him. That's great skill. But, you know, not good for America. Right. I'm going to take you back to fleets again because oh, I wasn't done right. with this topic. So I still am on Twitter and I do read things because I, I, I'm part of tech Twitter, which is for the most part a little bit more palatable than most of the rest of Twitter, I think. But it's got its dark moments too. But I see all kinds of calls for things like we'd like an edit button or all kinds just pick a feature but i see edit button a lot and but twitter comes back with nah i know what you guys need you need stories in twitter <laughs> aka yeah. fleets why do they keep why do they keep introducing these bogus features when there is such an outcry for an edit button are you asking me like i actually have the answer i mean i have i have i can speculate yeah no i'm asking you for your speculation i know you don't have the answer um why uh i i think i think they have a flawed design um principle and i think that goes the jack like you could do an edit button so the on first pass you could go oh no we can't do edit button because if you tweet this retweet that and like it now you edit it now you've 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 changed completely possibly changed exactly but i think there's a way around that because if you study how soon do you realize that you have a f- problem in your tweet or your retweet shouldn't you have like a 30 second thing or just make it easier that when you send a tweet you actually have 60 seconds before it goes live or 30 seconds you know make that like a like an auto schedule hey just set it up for it's like the email gmail has the thing where you can send it but like delay it for a minute so you have a minute to think about it why can't you do that and then all they have to do is cue them and even if you do allow editing, what's the problem with just, you know, we, we, what do we do every day, Bob? We commit code, right? And what do we do? We have a revision. Why can't you just say, oh, well, you like that revision, but not that revision? You know, can't you just note that, oh, some, somebody edited this, you know? It could have a, a negative impact on their storage, you know, like their whole storage scheme if they're right. tracking revisions. I, I'm with you there. Except for the fact that, whatever, I think in 2020, storage is not top right. of mind. Data's, yeah, data's, data's cheap. cheap. Um, so, I, I, don't, I don't think it's anything other than, that it's a puristic, it's, I wish I had enough money to sit around and go, you know what, fuck you guys, you don't need no edit button, what you gonna do about it? Fleets, that's what you need. Right. Yeah. Well, but I think fleets, <laughs> I think fleets opens the door to a way for them to handle edited tweets though. You know, they could simply create a rule easy enough that if a, a tweet has been twatted, tweeted, <laughs> if, if somebody sent out a tweet and it had comments, retweets, or likes, and the user initiated an edit button, it can, all that stuff is ID linked Cause you have to know how, you know, someone liked your tweet. I liked the tweet. It's connected to me. They can just unravel all that. They can just undo the chain. If someone hits edit, it's an automatic recall. All the likes are gone. All the retweets are gone. All the comments are gone. The tweet is gone. If it's past that window and they could still use the queuing. I mean, it seems like a pretty solvable problem. It is. I mean, I mean, we have CRUD, right? Create, read, update, delete. That's your bread and butter operations on any piece of data. 
and all you can do is really is create and read and delete. Why can't you update? Well, yeah, they and again, it comes back to, well, they they want I think Twitter as a platform is here's what we want to do. We want you to be able to tweet your stream of consciousness, typos included. You know, that's kind of their thing. And then if you realize you screwed up two hours from now and you have 10,000 likes, you know, they don't want to undo that because it's kind of like ruining the engagement because think of all the events or like a hoot suite that, that, you know, is predicated on, well, here's our engagement numbers. Oh, they edited it. What does this mean? I don't know. If we don't let an edit button happen, we don't have to think about solving that problem. But I don't know. Yeah, but here's another problem that I this I'm hyp- hypothesizing that edit could solve. How many pieces of disinformation and misinformation that get out there? I mean, how much of that do you think might actually be typos or mistakes? I mean, I know a lot of it's intentional, a lot of it is conspiracy bunk, but really sometimes a typo of one or two characters can change the context of the message. And if it's sent out by someone who is just too ignorant (laughs) or lazy to delete it, it causes a problem. So the classic example is let's eat grandma or let's eat comma grandma. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I I get that. But I would say that those examples are very kind of like unique and few and far between. And, and, a lot of times I will Slack something. I mean, let me ask you this. You use Slack or Teams or something. How many times do you edit like a message after you've sent it? I do it all the time because I, re- I reread them. I go, whoops. Or <laughs> I, I thought one thing said another. You know, if you spell the word account and you put a C in the wrong space, you know, it you know transpose the O in the C, it spells a different word at the end of that. So it's like, oh, you know. Um, yeah, I write I consulting all the time. I'm terrible. I can't spell consulting, consulting, and that's kind of big for my job. It's consulting all the time. Yeah, I've got <laughs> a lot of those words. Um, I don't know. I'm just that. I'm at odds with social media in general. To be, to be honest, I just think. I just think it's what is the phrase? Um, the lies. A lie will. Uh, race around the world before the truth even has its pants on. Okay. So, and social media, you know, is really good at making that even worse, you know? So that sounds yeah, like I'm a just, good old country saying, I, you know, it's son. not my, I heard it recently. <laughs> it, it's usually the, you know, people will believe a lie, you know, quicker than they will the truth. But I like the, I like the country version a little better. <laughs> For the damn truth can even get its pants on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because, you know, Trump can sit there and just tweet out anything he wants as fast as he can. And no fact checker in the world can keep up. Because if you're going to do real fact checking, you you know, nuance. There's so much nuance in these words. Or, I mean, <laughs> I'm getting rage here. Some of the stuff is just, if if you can't prove it one way or the other, People will then go, well, is it true or not? Well, you can't say it isn't true. You know, some guy, the well actually guy, well, you can't say he's wrong, can you? Well, no, you can't. But well, actually I, guy. Yeah. So right now, Twitter's tagging about everything he tweets. But does that matter? 
Well, did you see that that's become a meme now? Like people are just tweeting ridiculous stuff and putting that image at the bottom of it. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, <laughs> so once funny. again, desensitizing us to the fact that things are getting flagged because people are just using that little image and saying, you know, like, I went to the gym three times today and then putting that image at the bottom like this, this, this statement is not necessarily confirmed. <laughs> so... Uh, social media, I think, right now is our second p- pathogen going around the, the world. Coronavirus being the first, social media being the second. Because I've started to hear people, they're just saying, oh, yeah, well, so-and-so this, 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 and Democrats that. And, you know, I'm like thinking, whoa, hold on. Take a step back. Ask yourself the question. What made you come to this conclusion? What made you come to this opinion? Was it literally a drive-by feed article that you probably only read the headline because that's what we do nowadays and and because you read three fleet (laughs) and and now since you see one here then you see that same sort of headline over here oh it's confirmed i saw it in two places you know this is just like fact checking like individually fact checking and i started to ask myself why do i have the opinions and the views that i do what what sources am i using are my sources oh, yeah. legit? And We've talked about this on the on the cast before, for yeah. sure. Twitter is great, but it's a bubble. Facebook is not great. <laughs> I'm just going to leave it there. Um, uh, I watch the news. What channel you watch? And, and when I say the news, I don't, I don't really watch CNN. I don't watch Fox News. And apparently Fox News has two other, even more extreme to the right competition nowadays. Um, one America News and whatever the other one is. But... I watch a lot of ABC News um, because, damn it, it's like, well, I I need to watch something. Something, I have to trust something. Otherwise, I feel like I have no frame of reference anywhere. And, of course, my wife will be quick to point out, well, you know, George Stephanopoulos, he was uh, Bill Clinton's, you know, press secretary. And I'm like, yeah, I know. (laughs) But, you know, George's pretty nice. I mean, um, (laughs) you know, it's just, I'm like, yeah, I know. But, you know, at some point, every single one of us has to go, you know what? That source right there. I got to pick one. Right. I have to I have to believe it. I can't not believe in any of them. I can't be fake news. All the things I got to say, you know, I trust this particular news source. CNN used to be more trustworthy, but when they turned full on. uh, Against Trump on everything, even if the man would save kittens which he'll never do but let's say he did they'll find the flaw in that and there's just that's fine i i didn't want i didn't like it when cnn became all trump news all the time i wish cnn would just be like you know what yeah there's a sideshow over here you can click off over here but that's not our main story our main story is not politics you know but clearly cnn has a, a axe to grind with with the president and then on CNN's website, you'll scroll down to like Fox News portrayal of how they're handled, blah, blah, blah. And then you go over to Fox <laughs> News and Fox News has like a CNN is slammed because blah, blah, blah. They did this. I'm like, oh, my gosh, the newspaper. It's like um, Anchorman. Have you ever seen Anchorman with? Uh, oh, yeah. The dueling yeah, news. Know, the, yeah. And they like fight in the alley and, you know, he's got a hand grenade and a trident. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is what's <laughs> happening in real life now. You know, CNN and Fox are like duking it out here. Like this is this is not good, people. Um, well, yeah. let's take a little bit of a pivot, shall we? <laughs> yep. Can another, we? I'm getting, another, up, I'm getting upset over here. 
<laughs> well, another topic that I wanted to discuss today was um, pandemic innovation, specifically as it relates to the world that we're mostly stuck in with Zoom meetings. I know we talked about Zoom fatigue a couple episodes ago, but I've actually, I took that episode to heart and then tried to look for the silver linings in it. And I re-fell in love with OBS Studio and have actually been trying to work that into my appearances in Zoom and Teams meetings to make them more fun for the people that are in the meetings with me. Ah, so are you using the virtual camera plugins so that you can use OBS as a webcam? Yes. So I'm using, I'm pushing out to Zoom from my webcam. Yes. But are you doing through, it right yeah, now? Through OBS. No, I am not doing it right okay. now. I was just curious. But the reason why I wanted to pivot to this, and it's funny that you brought this up, is that my audio that's coming to you right now is coming through voice meter or voice e-meter is what I've heard it referred to as voice meter banana, which is a virtual cabling system that you can run. So the stream that I'm recording for the episode is coming right out of my UMC uh, 404 HD. And we talked about this last episode as well, but the audio that you're getting on zoom is actually coming out on virtual cable. A maybe that's why I'm so, going to crackle for me. <laughs> yes, because it is not, I would say it's not stable and maybe I've got the wrong cable coming to you. I don't know, but also you're on a sketchy web connection. So maybe that's part, is it, is it very consistent clicking? Yes. Okay. So maybe I've got something miswired virtually, but anyway, what I've been researching with OBS, a couple of really cool things. Um, first bringing it into my zoom meetings and using graphic overlays. And, you know, I have a snow filter that I've been running in meetings to, you know, make it look like it's snowing here and, you know, just cheesy shit like that. But, um, also discovered this, there's so many great developers out there. Um, OBS for people who don't know, maybe first time listeners to the show, OBS is an open source, uh, broadcasting. It's basically like a virtual television studio replaces things like a TriCaster that just used to cost gajillion of dollars for television production. And you can download it for free off of, you know, OBS studios website. It, but, it's amazing that it's open source, but it's sad that it's in C++ and I have no idea what to do in C++. But I've seen a lot of people writing like Python based. I mean, and you and I messed around a lot with JavaScript and using web overlays and things like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But there, there's this guy who, his first name's Steven and his last name is something French. I can't remember. But uh, he wrote a piece of online software that he called OBS Ninja. And it's at obs.ninja. Um, great uh, TLD, by the way, Ninja. Um, but what it is, <laughs> Bob is it's, and Kevin Show Ninja. Yeah, <laughs> coming soon. Um, what it is, is it's peer to peer through the browser video, and so there's no. It just runs through a switching server. There's no collection processing anything. It takes your raw feed from your camera and puts it on a web page. And you can make a room. So it's like free video conferencing software. But what you can do with OBS.ninja, and that's the reason why he used the OBS part of it, is you can take each individual person's feed and map that to a virtual camera or a, a video input source inside of OBS. So you get really high quality video from all your participants. 
and he does everything with URL parameters. This gets a little nerdy, but there's a whole like listing on his, you know, uh, documentation page of all the different URL parameters you can use to set the incoming bandwidth to set the audio quality. So you can get studio quality audio through this um, little web app as well. It's just really amazing. So been getting back into OBS studio. I think I'm actually going to resurrect uh, Bob's thoughts as a live stream and a podcast just nice. to keep my OBS skills tight. So, so yes, you I have questions. Well, <laughs> statement, because uh, I was just at our church last night, and we set up a uh, an OBS and RTSP feed so that um, we can we use a URL from a Wi-Fi camera. So we're able to, well, actually, it's hardwired on the network. So it streams its video at like 4K. It's like ridiculous. And then we just tell OBS to tune into that camera on the network, and then we have that live stream right into OBS. So are you using NDI for that? Or are you using the straight up RT, whatever it is? Straight up RTSP protocol. Have you heard of or looked into the NDI stuff at all? I have no idea what that is. Enlighten me, Bob. NDI. It stands for network device interface, but this is also something that um, is kind of a, a pandemic innovation. Companies like Microsoft and Zoom uh have, I don't know if Zoom's adopted yet. Microsoft is definitely in Teams. You can actually set up at the tenant level the ability for participants to enable NDI. And what that does is it, it kind of similar to the OBS Ninja. It gives your own video feed a unique URL that can then be sucked into an OBS. Uh, remember when we first started doing the podcast uh -huh. as a, a video thing and we would have to do a screen, basically a screen capture in OBS? They came out with a Skype for creators, which when Teams came out, you kind of thought Skype was going away, but it didn't. They came up with a Skype for creators edition, which utilizes the ability to have NDI feeds come out of it. So that would have solved our So what you're saying needs. is one, one day when, when we're famous and have a, a huge following and we get back on live video versions of this, you've got us covered. I'm very excited to toy around with some, uh, one of the things that I was actually thinking and listeners of the show can hit us up on Twitter and let us know what they think of this, but, uh, maybe toying around with doing a live stream of us doing the show to, um, Instagram. So do, since we don't really pay attention to our Instagram. Waiting on you, Bob. I'm already all in. I'm all right. Just Get it, hap get it happening uh, as long as all I got to do is show up and talk. That's, that's yeah, what I'm waiting I think, for. <laughs> I think that's really all we got to do. I mean, I'll, I'll keep playing around with it and get better at it. But yeah, I think if we can live stream to Instagram the show, I think that'd be kind of fun. Yeah, because I'm kind of looking at our setup we have here in Zoom and I'm thinking, man, this reminds me of the old, the original Bob and Kevin show here. And, you know, the, the main thing, it, well, we have a lot of reasons why we didn't do the video. But I think we're a little smarter now on as far as a lot of things. So yeah, I don't think we time. get ourselves into the copyright. I think um, the podcast has taught us to be more um, not dependent on external resources. I don't know. Yes. Yeah, I, I I agree. I and even if you look at Rogan, I mean, 
like a Joe Rogan, it's basically video of them talking. And every now and then they feel you know a little froggy and they'll show something, but not often. And that show is doing it's fine. It's <laughs> usually when a guest wants confirmation on something. It's so right. funny because the whole the whole Joe Rogan thing has gotten so wildly popular that fans, even celebrities that are fans of the show know that they can ask Jamie to look something up. And the guests will often, you know, say, well, I heard when I was out with the buddy, Jamie, you can look this up to confirm. (laughs) (laughs) We still need our own intern. I think everybody needs an intern. I think Jamie makes a pretty handsome salary though. Being that producer. Uh, I would, I would. Hope oh shit! So. We missed a live read. Oh, we want well, a discount, we don't we? We haven't missed it yet, unless we had to do it under a certain time. Then we missed it. I, <laughs> now this, he gets a mid roll. Uh, is it in show notes? Is that where he stuck it? No, where did it's, he stick it's it? It's somewhere in Slack. Man, this is this is great radio. Showing exactly this is how great radio. How we do it here. Um, uh, 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 yeah. Oh, he pinned it. Somebody pinned it to the top oh, that, of something. That was me. But of course, you know, as I'm going through Slack here, I'm going, how do I find the, the oh, p- saved oh, items? No. Ah, yeah, I've got it right here, Bob. In fact, this episode of the Bob and Kevin show is brought to you by Baby Bar Media. You know, it may seem like we don't know what we're doing or how to do these advertising things, but we do. And why? Because we have confidence in our, uh, sound engineer at Beatty Bar Media. Who are Beatty Bar Media? Who is, if you will? Beatty Bar Media is an online editing and production company that specializes in music, podcast, production, and video services. For creators of all backgrounds, they're efficient and reliable. Sorry. Wrong, wrong spelling of there totally threw me off. Their efficient and reliable <laughs> services will save you time and stress on any project. Uh, and this is the part where we're going to tell you that, you know what? For listeners of the Bob and Kevin show, Beatty Bar Media is offering a 10% discount of any new project for listeners of this show. All you have to do, this is all you got to do, visit www.beatty-bar.media slash bk show you got to do the slash bk show that way we get our credit you get your credit and then bob this is where i'm going to throw it over to you why should people use baby bar media if you're a content creator in any of the categories whether it's video audio um live production for content creation just having someone take care of all the the not so glamorous pieces, but someone who has the talent and the skill to, to take that and really turn it into art. Uh, that has really opened up things for Kevin and I to focus on our content, focus on our craft and keep us a little bit more excited about doing the show because, you know, we used to take turns doing production. Kevin always did the art, you know, it, it just started to bog us down after a while and letting, letting Beatty Bar Media kind of take the reins on the after we do the recording. Uh, it's kept me happy. I don't know about you, Kev. Well, I just want to say, remember earlier in this episode, hey, Bob, you're telling me all I got to do is show up and talk. Well, that's all <laughs> I got to do now. So that's, you're right. I don't have to draw nothing anymore. Um, that was fun, but it was like, ah, oh, man, we did an episode. That was great. Oh, now I got to do something. And then I think you had the same kind of feeling, right? After you're like, oh, 
Yeah, that was great. But now I have at least an hour of real time editing. But I, what was your editing time normally? Is it two times the real time or what do you think? Yeah, it was probably about two times um, just because I wanted to make sure to catch all the things, but also probably because I'm just not very skilled. Like I'm not professionally trained in it. So when you go out and you pay a professional, guess what? They're professionally trained. <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyway, Beatty Bar Media. Thanks, Josh. His name's Josh. If you want to, if you want to, you know, like get real first name basis with him, he helps yeah. us out. Um, it's funny because, and now for something different, uh, <laughs> we were listening to radio ads this morning and my son's like, ah, we hear this ad all the time and it's about losing weight. And he says, you know what? It's been three months. Why does he still need to lose weight? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I get it. And I say, well, you know, you got to be careful, you know, it's what you hear in endorsements. And I said, son, I, if I don't believe in something, I, I just won't, I won't, you know, Bob and I have talked, you know, if we're not into something, we're not going to do it just because, you know, anyway, so. Yeah, we've, we've talked about the, uh, you know, doing paid product promotions and things like that. We're, we're not fans of that. I mean, obviously we'll talk about an OBS studio or other tools that we use because we like them and they work for us. And, uh, we wouldn't do Josh's live read if we didn't like him and what he did for us. So, yeah. So what about, uh, let's see. So you're, you're, I guess OBS is that's your COVID innovation, right? I was just commenting to my wife recently. I said, you know, honey, I've been doing remote work for a while and you get to a point in remote work pre COVID that is, you kind of feel like, well, there's only so many opportunities for fully remote work out there. And if I have to say it in a way that's, it doesn't sound like COVID's awesome, but what COVID has actually done positively for me is given me options. It it has normalized working from home. Amen. I would say, without a doubt, the people I work with are way more productive than they were pre-COVID. Why? You're not commuting. You're not um, kind of doing a whole lot of bullshitting at the water cooler, if you will. You're still bullshitting on Slack and whatnot with memes and all that, but that's efficient bullshitting, if you will. <laughs> and um, <laughs> so, so I'm trying to look at, you know, the innovations of COVID. I, I really think COVID's put work from home five years, if not more ahead of where it would have normally been on the graph. I think it gave organizations that were behind the curve in that concept, a chance to catch up. I mean, they had to, they were forced, but I mean, yeah, I definitely think that if you're looking for a silver lining of a global pandemic, the normalization of work from home is definitely one of those silver linings. I think um, artistically and innovation wise, I think people are starting to really look outside what they thought was normal and, and come up with some really great things too. I think, you know, at the beginning, people weren't putting their heart into making this new communication normalcy, you know, like an important thing. It's just kind of like, all right, let's just do it. We got to do it this way. It's going to be over soon. And then all of a sudden, nine months later, oh, guess what? It's not going to be over soon. So people are starting to, in earnest, uh, innovate change in a positive direction. Yeah, because uh, I think, honestly, big company big corporate company X is like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Let's work home for the next month or two just to get through this, then back to normal. And now we are, gosh, how many months in at least nine, almost nine. Yeah. 
I think I think the realization is is you know ah this is working. People aren't just freeloading at home because people aren't just doing laundry when they should be working. You know, it's one of those. Yeah, I'm instead of me going to the break room, getting my coffee, sitting there and asking Sally how her weekend was, I am actually taking a break, uh, getting coffee, throwing a load of laundry in, and then coming right back and sitting back down. <laughs> you know, so yeah, no problems there. Feeding my dogs or letting them out to go to the the restroom or whatever. But I am just as productive now if not more and i feel i'm happier because you know what's a commute job do to you it's like oh, i'm driving I, at the beginning of my day and my end of my day i'm wasting time moving my body you know and, and there's it's just weighs on you we call it windshield time right you know i've got windshield time when i worked at um <clears throat> up in south bend 90 minutes each way of windshield three hours of every oh. work day was windshield time I got no a lot way. of I got a lot of audiobooks in, but I gotta tell you, every mile felt like forever. And it's risky, right? You know, just driving yeah. 120 miles a day round trip. You know, up oh, there's another semi. Oh, yep, there's a deer. Yep, up. Oh, you know, it's kind of <laughs> slick out today. You know, I'm I'm not worried so much about that anymore. So what if or what if anything? Have you learned from your colleagues during this extended work from home that you weren't necessarily incorporating? Because you and I both worked remotely long before this for many, many years, actually. Um, what, if anything, have you learned from your colleagues that were relatively new to full-time remote, if anything? So, are you asking, have I learned any new tricks from my newly remote workers? Yeah, sorry. I was just really shitty at asking the question. Sorry. Okay. All right. Um, <laughs> I am learning, uh, or I have learned um, who is good at it and who's not, because not everyone is made for remote work. However, um, so w- what I'm learning is, is that I, each each person oh communication is different you know so some people can communicate in person way more effective than they can over slack over zoom um i gave i give a lot of presentations and you know you and i both have and i like saying it like this international conference speaking experience we checked that box that's right (laughs) and then a lot of people don't like public speaking and i've learned that several people have a little bit of um, Zoom. Uh, they're just not comfortable in Zoom with a lot of people. They don't want to talk. Yeah. It's like there might be a 30-person Zoom because it's like an all-hands or even more. I, I haven't counted how many are in some of these all-hands. And you want to scare them, ask them to say something in front of all these people. Me? You ask me to say something, I'm like, hell yeah, I got 30 <laughs> people here. Hell yeah. <laughs> what do y'all want to know? <laughs> you know so. Pass me the mic. That's right. So um, I, that, that's one thing. What about you? Because um, you were fully remote, but your team that wasn't necessarily fully, right? Right. No, actually, I was one of the very few that were, I mean, I think I was the only one that was 100% remote. But um, it's funny that you brought up the the international presentation stuff because <laughs> I'm going to lead in with that. I've actually given a presentation a couple of times about work-life balance to tech communities and when some of my colleagues transitioned to full-time remote, 
I learned that I wasn't necessarily doing daytime throughout the day work-life balance as well as I thought I was. Um, I have a lot of colleagues who are very good at going for a walk in the middle of the day or just like getting out of their office. Turns out they used to do that in the office too and that's why they do it at home. But it was very illuminating to me because when I got into working from home, I had to prove myself to be able to do that like in the professional setting. And so I took it too far. Like when I would clock in, I wouldn't, you know, still I barely move for lunch. You know, I'll get up and I don't sit on my ass all day long, but when I'm on the clock, I'm on the clock. Like I don't take extended breaks. So that's something that I'm still actually learning through this whole process. And apparently I've got quite a few months still left to learn it. <laughs> back, back to the communication for another thing that we're learning together um, at my current gig is communicating in Slack efficiently because Slack's pretty much our primary way to interact. And we have a lot of things come up. Like there's some, we use like a Jira type t- ticket system where if something comes up, it could be like, no, drop everything. You need to work on this because this is a big deal. And we have to triage and a lot of that. So if you have 10 conversations going at once in a channel, well, it happens. Well, you're kind of like scrolling, scroll. Ugh, nope, that's not it. Where was that one thing that we talked about? Right. Wait, did you say yes to like person A's thing or person exactly. C's? <laughs> and then you tag them, you know, at Matt or at Bob or at Sally this, but at Fred that, you know, and it just becomes like this really kind of like, you, you put a conversation into a blender and poured it into a cup, you know, sometimes it's like, <laughs> oh, what is this? So we've actually been much, much more uh, better about our uh, slack hygiene. So purposeful, we, much more purposeful. Well, it's not that we talk less, which is good because I'm a talker if you haven't figured it out. Um, but what we take advantage of is threads a lot more. So if, if somebody starts about a topic Anchor it in the channel and then repl- if you're going to just kind of kind of go on and on, go into a thread. And if you want to talk about that topic, you go into that thread. And you- So if you were to scroll through our main channel, our main channel has very much a hierarchy. That topic is here. You go in there if you want to talk about it. So you may be saying, well, that's not what channels are. Yeah, but these are like a channel is permanent where some of these conversations are transient. So we're only going to talk about this one thing one time. So use a thread for it versus a channel. It's is this is kind of a, you know, ongoing topics. So anyway, long story short, what we're teaching ourselves is how to organize our blender of conversations as best we can into threads. And it's worked out great. I mean, we'll have some threads that are two, 300 replies deep. And then you go, you know what, if we weren't doing threads, that's two or 300 messages that we have to Noise skip messages, over. Yeah. Right. So yeah, we're getting that's better That's actually at pretty that. cool. Yeah. Um, listeners, if you've made it this far, if you have interesting ways that you've approached the integration of Slack, Teams messaging, whatever platform you're using drop us a line, let us know. I mean, we'd love to feature some of your thoughts and content uh, in some of these episodes, but this one is especially interesting for not even just tech people who listen. There's a lot of companies that are utilizing Slack and other communication platforms through this little nightmare we're living through. So 
yeah, I'd love to hear some of that. Hit us up at uh, twitter.com slash Bob and Kevin show. I think that's an and one, right? Yeah. Uh, Are you um, still buying online mostly? I mean, are you? I'll just stop with that. (laughs) I mean, do you you Uh, pretty much buy online? Groceries? Uh, anything. I mean, you have, uh, you have a nice whole foods or two by you and I'm totally envious, yeah. but, um, let's say non-grocery are you still primarily not shopping in any retail establishments. You're pretty much online only. Yes. We are pretty much still just online. Um, you know, our grocery store is pretty chill. We don't, we sometimes go to the whole foods full disclosure. We don't go there every time we have our favorite uh, neighborhood grocery store that we like. Um, and it's pretty chill, not very crowded, like not like Trader Joe's Trader Joe's has a line outside every single time I drive by it. So, so Fort Wayne, Indiana, which is 30 minutes from us, got our first Trader Joe's and people are all excited. I've never been to one, Bob. Why are people excited? When I first discovered Trader Joe's, the thing that excited me about it, um, I liked the their portions so a lot of their stuff is like packaged i mean obviously but like you it's not a costco you're not going there to buy a sleeve of you know 400 hamburgers you're you're going there to buy a box of four patties and it's just perfectly portioned um ignorance when i when somebody says trader joe's i think what is that like a 7-eleven i mean is it a grocery store what is it it actually is it's it's actually it's a grocery chain um it's smaller in size for the most part, but I mean, it's got all the, it's got a produce section. It's got, you know, your cereals, it's got a slant toward, um, Trader Joe's version of like single source kind of locally raised, but not like in your locale. Um, is that for families? Is that for singles? I mean, who's your typical shopper? Is it just, just like somebody would want to go to Kroger or whatnot? I would say big family. No. But like if you're, you know, like, yes, single for sure and up to small families, like, you know, one or one to two kids max. Okay. Um, I'm just curious because, yeah, people are just because it doesn't have I'm like, I don't know what that means. (laughs) Just because it doesn't have that bulk aspect to it. I mean, it's not going to be for your big families. They get some really interesting, like, you know, there's those stores that get unique stuff, but then it's gone all the time. Like, you know, it's like very limited run, unique thing. Trader Joe's has got some more of like unique flavorings and unique approaches to things, but they keep them around longer. All right. Two buck Chuck. Are you familiar with the concept of two buck Chuck? I am not. What's that? Back in the day, it was two buck Chuck. I think now it's three buck Chuck. Um, It's Charles. Shoot. There's Charles comes from Chuck comes from the Charles, but it's a, it's an inexpensive wine. Um, Okay. And. It's a Trader Joe's staple. And it's pretty right. good. And now for something completely different. Bob, <laughs> I, I, you know, we all have our comfort foods and whatnot. What's your comfort entertainment during a pandemic? I'm just curious because I'll tell you what mine is, but I want to hear yours. Comfort entertainment. Um, we have been trying to find like long series, like rewatching a television series that we hadn't watched before. Actually, we just rewatched alias. We just finished it yesterday, but, um, that seems to be my, our most common comfort entertainment, but I did actually, uh, this is going back to tech. Apple released their Apple one subscription earlier this month or at the end of October. I can't remember. 
So we signed the family up for that and it comes with an Apple Arcade subscription. So I have a hot new little Nimbus Plus uh, game controller that I use with my Apple TV. So that's kind of fun. Nice. So you have a Gen 4 Apple TV where it has has all the games. It's it's the like the super big puck looking one. Is that where you No, it's you still have? regular size puck. So but I think it is the fourth gen. But it's just yeah. a compared to like the third gen. Third gen is just a lot smaller, I think. Oh. Compared I think I've only had the fourth gen one, so I guess I have oh. nothing to compare it to. Third gen was great, but fourth gen knocks it out of the water, man. So Yeah, I was late yeah. to the Apple TV game, but uh the arcade games, I mean, they're you're they're mostly you're not talking brand name, but um, they're interesting. It's an interesting gaming platform so far. Very early into it, so. So yeah, we're doing a ton of binge watching. Um, we're currently um, binging on The Crown season four. Ever since you and I went to London and and the countryside, <laughs> I've been totally like into like, you know, Buckingham Palace and and you know anything I can get on like. I watched the tutors um, a few months back. Yeah. Anyway, shout out to Pete. <laughs> yep. And Robbie. Uh, and the rest of the so, gang. So yeah, I always London's definitely one of my uh, more favorite places to go. I'm a little sad that we didn't get to go all the places we want because there's so many cool things in London. But it's like saying go to, go to New York for a few days and do everything. Well, I don't know if you can do that. <laughs> so yeah, we didn't really have many days in London at all. Um, and then secondly, it ties into online stuff. I, Sarah and I were, were continuing to do our Etsy stuff. We're making signs as fast as we can, we can make them. We've been doing well enough that nice. like, holy crap, holy crap. We actually have, people are buying our artwork and people are like, I mean, we're getting a lot of good reviews and I'm just like, that's wow. awesome. Yeah, it's it's validation because you know how many business ideas I've tried and just you know <laughs> art ideas, and I finally found a combination where where it's like satisfying to do, and it's um, actually not just piling up stuff in my. I mean, I, I'm looking over here. I got a bunch of stuff that needs to sell, <laughs> but uh, I, I set a goal of I want at least a hundred products um, at different products before Christmas, and now we're at like 125 maybe. Wait, and you have 125 different SKUs? Yes. Holy crap. Yeah, maybe you need to check out the website. Uh, so, uh, actually, if well, you're interested... but the last time I went there, the last time I went there, there wasn't that anywhere near that many. Here, I'll, I'll find it. So, for the person listening, uh, it's scribbler, S-C-R-I-B-L-R dot net, if you want to just look. I really don't need any of the listeners to buy anything, but... Um, that comes I back bet you to you'll our, find something you like, though. So, yeah, Bob, Bob's got the link, though. Um, yeah, it's just been interesting. Um, we've we've got we're working on our second hundred sales. So we're close to having 200 sales already. And we haven't been doing this very long and it's just been going really well. So we do a blend of we do digital vectors. We do physical things like stickers and wooden signs. And I've learned a lot. What the hell where, is it? What's the circle of fifths? Oh, that's a music oh, thing. Okay. Yeah, and that's one of my biggest sellers. And that's so so I'm holding up the Bob and Kevin show coaster. Bob, I got it from the same supplier, Sticker Mule. And essentially what ah, I did nice. is I, I I was for years trying to figure out how do I print something really fine letters because it's a reference guide. It's essentially what it is. So for musicians, it tells you what chords go together in a particular musical key. 
Nice. And um, turns out, not only was it useful for me, it's been useful for a lot of other people. So I've been selling them. I've actually got to reorder them because I've sold darn near probably over 50 of them by now. But Okay, true or false? I see these little notes on here that says five people have this item in their cart. 14 people have this item in their cart. Is that bullshit yes. or not? I, I, <laughs> I, I want to believe, um, because, um, I would like to sell one to all of these people, but I, I gotta tell you, I've been selling a fair amount. I mean, our most popular ones line up with the ones that say like the 82nd airborne there, the all American red, white, and blue. Um, it's kind yeah. of at the top. So I've you're saying that that is true or not true. I but can't tell four- other th- than this, but I can tell you that one sells a ton. So it might actually be true that 14 people have this in their cart and just haven't checked out. Yes. So Do I think what there's two kinds of people. There's people who are interested in Etsy things and they, they add it there to their favorites or even their cart just so they can look at it like a Pinterest thing. And there's people who just buy it and never favorite or anything. So, I mean, it, it really depends. And anyway, does, so, yeah. does Etsy have an abandoned cart feature? Like, can you send a tickler to people who have shit in their carts? Yes. Yes, they do, uh, actually. So um, that is possible. You can also have sales. It's it's very full feature. It's very uh, shop. So it was, it was either going to be Etsy or Shopify. And at zero point, as a professional software engineer, was I ever considering building my own e-commerce site? Zero. Because the, the amount have of... Have you played with Shopify at all? I haven't in five years. Why? Shopify is awesome. I'm not saying it's not. Uh, just because they're template. No, just because they're templating engine. Like you get all those, you know, the salesy features in the back end, but their um their templating engine is just really easy to work with and very powerful. So you can do some customing customizing type stuff without really building your own shop, if that makes any well, sense. Well, here's the difference in my mind, and you tell me if I'm crazy. So the three that I usually think of if I want an off-the-shelf e-commerce is eBay, which looks like it hasn't evolved since year 2000. Right. However, it's got so many people on it, they don't give any fucks about what it looks like or what I think. <laughs> so I, I do sell on there. And then okay. uh, we have... Well, hold on. Well, then we got Etsy, who it's a marketplace, but they also have a... Uh, a lot of people just a lot of people know go to etsy.com to buy stuff that's where it differs from shopify unless i'm wrong here shopify is a thing and then you've got to market it yourself you got to bring people yeah there no that'd be the downside no those two upsides that the the, the people already being in the marketplace that's brilliant because you so can search across yep. all of etsy right yeah yep so that's why i'm on etsy and ebay and i sell different things on ebay i don't sell any um etsy type things there. i sell all my I, I'm a Lego speculator. I, I buy them cheap and sell them high. <laughs> so that's basically what I use eBay for. But for Etsy, it's, yeah, um, we've got 93 active products right now. Um, 
And I guess it says how many sales we have right on our website. 182. Yeah, 182 right there. Bam. Um, yeah, so we're not doing too shabby. We're doing way better than I thought. Because, you know, getting that first sale, you're always like, nobody's going to buy my shit. Nobody, nobody cares. Nobody like, I hear what am that. I doing? All this imposter syndrome stuff. Just, what am I doing? You know, and then you start selling and you sell another. And then you're like, wow, I can do this. And then you realize, okay, that'll never sell because now I've learned something about this and whatever. And then this over here, oh my gosh, you can't make enough of them, you know, and you just kind of learn that sort of thing. But anyway, back to where this all started. Um, not that I'm trying to sell anybody anything. Um, this is my COVID positivity. You know, we're doing this. This is also my happy place because, you know, it's that whole, wow, I made something and somebody was willing to pay money for it. Wow. You make cool <laughs> shit too. So that's, I mean, like, well, I really do mean, you know, even if you are a listener to this show, you probably will find something that you like on Scribbler. So you should check it out. Hey, yeah, so I want to end do, on something that's, oh, yep. go ahead. I was going to say, why is it called Scribbler? Because <laughs> domains are hard. <laughs> anyway. Because <laughs> domains are hard. Um, I want to end on something that it kind of makes me smile, but also we're both going to get a frowny face when I say it. Uh, so our past couple of episodes, we did uh, we did Sons Month last month for the show. And uh, Kevin and I both had our oldest as guests because they're both very talented uh, individuals who are pursuing their professions in their art, basically. And uh, they are going to be our fastest two episodes to our <laughs> milestone measurement for episodes out of all the episodes we've done, they were going to be the fastest to hit our milestone. So wow. uh, congratulations to Grant and Josh and uh, sad for Bob and Kevin. <laughs> Actually, I'm not, I'm not going to be sad at all because for both of us, that, that means we must be doing something okay parent wise. Yes. And um, yeah, am I envious that our children <laughs> can outdo us in the social medias and basically everything yeah, but at the end of the day, this is our, again, this is kind of our happy hobby here. You know, yes, I would love to be a full-time podcaster, but I'm also super happy to be slinging code and solving problems and gainfully employed. And I we have intellectual jobs. And yes. so there's, there's plenty to be happy about and all that. Sure, would I like to be the best tweeter slash... Instagrammer, fleeter, fleeter. Uh, <laughs> all that, sure. But yeah, I don't know. I don't think our demographics really consuming that as much as the other demographics. So it makes sense that less millennials are consuming forty-some-year-old white dudes. Oh, forty-year-old white dude singular, fifty-year-old white dude <laughs> singular. Uh, sorry, I had to get that right. Damn it. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm happy for him. Um, if, yeah. if if I think the best teach because I'm 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 in a mentor role and so are you. I think the best teachers and I told this to one of my um, coworkers. I said the best teachers hope that the student outdoes the teacher at some point. And if you don't, there's something wrong with that. There's an ego problem. Yes. It's like you should, you know, kids or whoever's in your orbit. I want you to do better than me because why not? You know, that's what we should be doing. I you know. A subordinate should never, ever, ever feel like they're always beholden to whoever their superiors are. No, you know, my job, you know, my job is to hopefully one day make you better 
and and prepared for what you're doing. And we're only together right now in a temporal arrangement. We're going to be together for a journey for a limited time. And when we leave each other's orbit, I hope you were happy that you were in my orbit and I, and vice versa. I will be happy to have been in your orbit. It's just that social networking. So, Well, I'm going to not step on Kevin's eloquent taking us out <laughs> other than saying, based on the numbers, maybe expect to see uh, or hear Josh and Grant on the show more often talking about aliens with us. <laughs> <laughs> that would be, that would be the greatest. Yes. <laughs> That'd be our best numbers haul of all time. Uh, until the next episode uh, stay safe wash your hands wear your masks do all that good stuff and uh, check us out on the socials and we'll we'll catch you next time alright bye it was good see ya see ya hey have you ever wondered how you can get in touch with us at the Bob and Kevin show well first You can try us via email at comments at bobandkevinshow.com. Or are you more into social? If so, you can find us on Twitter at Bob and Kevin Show. Or on Instagram as Bob and Kevin Show. That's Bob, the letter N, Kevin Show. And if you're still on Facebook, you can even find us at facebook.com slash Bob and Kevin Show. And for the serious business fans, you can even find us on LinkedIn at linkedin.com slash company slash the dash Bob dash Kevin dash show. How's that for a handle? Let's connect.